Are you still mixing station gas and oil for your string trimmer, leaf blower, or chainsaw? Eliminate the mess and the guesswork with True Fuel, the original pre-mixed two-cycle fuel. True Fuel is ethanol-free and precision-engineered for small engines, improving performance, and extending the life of your outdoor power equipment. And True Fuel is available for both two- and four-cycle engines. Empower your equipment with True Fuel. Available at your local home and garden center today. Introducing the SND Podcast channel, your one-stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We can be reached on all social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast soon. More than Kobe Bryant. Welcome to a very special SD podcast episode 238. Very somber, somber mood. Steven's here. Danny, Vin, what's up, boys? Nothing. Uh, obviously, like you mentioned, it was a very somber, somber day in the sports world and uh, just everybody. Body that doesn't necessarily watch sports that know Kobe and his daughter, but yeah, very somber day. Um, it still doesn't feel seem real to me when Vin sent the text message out yesterday. So it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's a it's a surreal. On a on a slightly personal thing, there was a, a co-worker's uh, son, well, ex-co-worker's son, passed away yesterday too. So we were oh. kind of dealing with that at work. And then I'm just happened to like, okay, I gotta just get out of this, look at my phone, and then that drops. So it was kinda it was a very um unfortunate day for sure. Um I didn't think I mean we can get into this a little bit. I didn't think it would affect me as much as it did, especially looking at all this stuff. I was never I'm never like I'm not a big basketball fan. I was never a huge Kobe fan, but it's just one of those guys that has that presence that you don't you know, I think you forget Kobe be around forever, pretty much. I I, I think it's one of those um, deals that we were all on social media, and the conflicting reports of who was in the plane, who wasn't in the plane, uh, and all the other scenarios of people wanting to get the story first instead of getting the story correct. Um, I think that's what really took a toll on a lot of people. Not only the fact that obviously a lot of people worship Kobe for everything he's done on and off the court, but I think a lot of it had to do with that as well to make it even more painfully, like on the uncertainty on how much painful that could have been. And like the other thing on top of it is like the night before was literally celebrating Kobe. Saturday night was a, was yeah, celebrating Kobe for, in a way with LeBron passing him, being in Philly when he passes him on the scoring list. And it's like you're literally just thinking about that and you're talking about Kobe and then next thing you know you're on social media and you're seeing the word Kobe and you're like, oh, they're just talking about that. And then a minute later it's just like, wait a minute, they're not talking about LeBron right now. Yeah, and and LeBron, LeBron's post game, it was like a, 
like it was a very weird like like it was very weird it was like like a sort of a, of a eulogy while he was still alive and like it turned into a eulogy type of thing like 12 hours before the fact of him perishing and it's it was, it was just one of those like damn uh and then obviously the his daughter was on the helicopter with him and seven other people so it's it's just a sad day and uh yeah kobe's meant a lot especially to our generation like like i was talking to a bunch of my friends in a group chat um yeah we all liked mj and we saw the ending of mj's career but kobe we saw kobe's whole career us our our age range I know Vin's a little a couple years younger than us, but he still saw Kobe more than he saw MJ. So we we all emulized both of them, but Kobe was more so our guy because we we saw Kobe more. And the the amount of times uh, playing on a basketball court, you 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 wanted to be like Kobe doing a fadeaway J um, for people that can't dunk like myself, <laughs> but um, but. It's just, and then the countless times going to a hamper or a garbage pail or just anything that had a hoop circle around it, and you had like anything with like emulated a basketball basketball you'd call Kobe all the time. I still do it all the time, doing it in my hamper and garbage. Yeah, I'm third, and I'm 32 years old, so it, it's it's a it's a very sad day, and I really hope the. My prayer go. My prayers go out to Kobe's family and all those that were affected. And the the baseball coach that was on the plane actually coached Jeff McNeil and bring it into a local thing. And Aaron Judge. Oh, he was I, actually okay. Aaron Judge's college coach. Oh wow. Okay, well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that yeah, part. Yeah, Judge, Judge was all over the place about it yesterday. Like this can't be real. Like type of stuff. And and okay. the crazy thing is, is like. I started seeing these things with the baseball players and I'm just kind of like, why, why are they doing this? What is happening? And like, of course, like you said, Danny, like the conflicting reports were just consistent. You, like imagine being Rick Fox's family well, <laughs> right. going on right then. It was just like, and then like the ABC report said all four and, and Vanessa was on the plane with them. Like how do, how do you, 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 nope. you can't be doing that. The, I will tell you this. I saw a tweet from some guy. I don't remember who it was, but like there should be firings because of the fact of people just starting to report random things. Oh, this is what Twitter said. So this is what it's got to be. And then the um, sheriff department from the area of the crash had a public speech that said, we will not comment on any verifications of anybody involved in this plane crash at this time, which is the right thing to be doing. Because, like we said, you get these conflicting reports of, oh, Danny, you brought up Rick Fox. Like, and I was like, what? Why is Kobe on a plane with Rick Fox with his daughter going somewhere? Like, like, and now it's a baseball coach, which turns out to be the father of a One um, of the daughters, the that, daughters that played with with um, Kobe's daughter, also on the team when they were traveling to, I guess, one of their games or something. Mm-hmm. And then also the 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 other the girl who coached their coach was on the plane too, if I remember correctly. And it's yeah, just yeah. like, and I the mean, crazy, so- and the craziest thing about it was our group chat. 
it was just one of those surreal, like, we we all trying to like piece everything together because just how rampant everything was going and all 10 of us were trying to piece everything together. It would be one minute we got this alert. And I think more as the more reliable people came out, it was like, holy shit, this is, this is becoming real. Um, yeah. The, and, so the big, really quick, the baseball coach was coaching the Cape Cod league. So he, he yeah, was, and, was judges coach and McNeil coaching the Cape Cod league. Well, uh, I, thought, uh, I thought it was. I thought he did. Yeah, yeah it was like it's a college summer league, and we know what the Cape Cod league yeah. is. Obviously. So yeah, and McNeil credited him being what he is today, mostly because of him. Probably because um, he must have had difficulties flying across the country. He's from California, right, McNeil? Yes, I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so he was saying that the guy being, took a shot. Being, on a, him, being a college kid and flying across the country, probably for the first time obviously takes a toll on you. So um, big credit to that guy for making an MLB all-star. So McNeil's tweet literally said that if it wasn't for this guy, he probably wouldn't even be playing baseball. Yeah, he was saying yeah. he, he was yeah. going to quit, and, this, and that guy took a shot on him basically for, like, the, his, you know, it was basically his coach holding a favor, and this guy, you know, took a shot. Yeah. It, it's just one of those – I was trying to figure out, like I said, why, you know, it affected so many people. And you put it in perspective of, like, if this was David Wright, I would, you know, we would have those same emotions kind of thing. And this was, you know, on a national stage, a lot of people's David Wright was Kobe kind of thing. But, like, there's also, uh, like, like, Dan, you said earlier, I'm a little bit younger than you guys. There is something about, like, the first stars and the first, like, quote-unquote dynasties in your life like for me growing up the early 2000s the late 90s it's like duke for some reason the jay williams shane battier team had a lot big effect on me and then that miami team and that laker team is like those are when i think of greatness it's those miami hurricanes yeah the hurricane right i was just trying to endorse those people yeah yeah yeah. i should have clarified that yeah the, right. the great so Ken like, Dorsey. Right. He, did, he didn't like, need to no. be good. <laughs> right. He just Frank Gore to, was he, the backup, backup, backup court running right. back. Right. When he Frank Gore's your fifth, exist. when you, Frank Gore's your fifth running back, you're 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 fine. You you could you right. could be Danny Cannell. So like those, you know, like all those people, and especially what Jay Williams said yesterday was Jay Williams got pretty emotional on uh, on TV, and it's just you know. It does make you think about life and that kind of thing. When one of the reports that, well, obviously we heard some of the fake reports that like the whole family was on there. That's I was like, this is ridiculous. Because especially, I mean, I don't know anything about um, plane crashes or how you, you know, go through wreckage or whatever. But one of them, his one of his daughters is like six months old. I don't think she's allowed on a helicopter. Right. So like, just from the jump that was like insane for somebody to even think that but it's just a wild uh wild wild day you know i tweeted this out from our podcast earlier about how excited really and i thought was going to be probably one of the most watched games in sports history for tuesday night was supposed to be lakers clippers and what's your guys thoughts on them postponing the game and deciding this isn't a good idea 
Right. It's the right thing to do. And I think are, like, yeah, sorry. I think it's uh, for that game specifically. It's the right thing to do since it's the Lakers Clippers. They know they could both be in LA basically whenever they want. They can get that going. Um, unfortunately, logistics logistics yesterday made it very difficult to cancel everything. Um, but the players give the credit to the players that we're able to fight through and play because obviously we all know Kobe and Kobe would have wanted everybody to play. You know how mad Kobe would have been if, um, if uh, no one, they canceled the games because of his death. Um, and now I saw them. Kyrie. Kyrie was literally at the garden already and left. They said, they said that he just put his stuff in a bag and walked out of the building. Yeah. Didn't even say anything. And that's that's understandable. Yes, yeah. each, each their own. It's if it was a normal circumstance, I'm sure people would have gotten on them. But with this particular situation, everybody was okay with it. Um, and I saw the that the Mavericks are retiring 24 for Kobe, so that's that started do, a whole. Uh, do you think that should debate. be a league thing? Um, I think with the tragedy of his death, it would be. Like I wouldn't mind it if he, I wouldn't. Every care. team should have a banner for him hanging. Yeah. Whether eight yeah. or twenty-four, you can let people wear it. Just have it in your building—a purple and gold banner that says Bryant and has the number eight and twenty-four on it. That's what I'd I. I'd be okay with retiring. Oh yeah, I, I would be too. Because you're not going to retire but, two numbers throughout the league. Like the but, NHL has ninety-nine right. for Gretzky retired. But it. But if they didn't, it wouldn't be like I wouldn't be like heard about it. And for the Knicks, uh, just because we're all Knicks fans, uh, Bill Bradley's number is already tired. So the Knicks are the Rangers have team. three number nines up there. No, 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 no I, I, I know, I, I know. That. <laughs> right. I'm just, I'm just saying, the Knicks already haven't retired. So what's another number? Is what I'm basically getting. At. The, right, the, the, the Yan- look at the look at the Yankees. Oh yeah, no, I, I I completely agree. I'm just I'm just saying the Knicks are one of them that haven't retired. It's like Jackie Robinson and everything with that. Um, right, the Knicks could just put it up there, and it's not even an issue because it's already up there. Just yeah, just put it up that's there for what I'm getting at. Um, yeah, and then, then there's rumors of the NBA logo. Um, I I don't know. Well, they did announce today at the NBA that they are going to take away all. Hall of Fame protocols and induct him this year into the NBA Hall of Fame. It's a, it's you're supposed to wait a couple, a certain amount of years, like the NFL. I doubt it's, it doesn't seem like it's five years. It may be five years, like the NFL. But it's they are been going like five since he retired almost already. Is it uh, like four, three or four? four, four. Yeah, it's or close. Four? I think maybe with 2016 he retired. It, it's close enough. It's in that range. Of like all right. We know he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, so... Right, let's like, just put him in. And, yeah, obviously, we'll talk about Hall of Fames later on, but it's just... It's, all, that, about, it's all about Kobe right now. Get started on that statue out in the Staples Center, too. I I'm, think they already... They, don't they, they have one? They have me? the Shaq one of him. I think the plan was they put the Shaq one of him with the dunk... That Kobe lobbed to him, and the plan was Kobe, a lobbing Kobe statue was going to go with it eventually. Maybe. Oh, I better go. I better get started. 
Well, I'm shocked that wasn't already in plans, but I mean, it's like yeah, the match definitely. with the two bobbleheads, been. Well, I mean, we could. I mean, we could discuss that another time. Two bobbleheads is the dumbest thing ever in history. Well, what two bobbleheads? I missed this. So, so one giveaway is one a of the Robinson Cano bobblehead, while a second giveaway is part two of an Ahmed Rosario bobblehead. Like it's, uh, I'm assuming it's like a double play combination bobblehead, but you you have to go to two different games. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They're also giving out slime this season. Oh, okay, I haven't even looked into it yet. Yeah, I don't know if Steven got down a promotional giveaway rabbit hole yesterday. I don't know why. The, the other day. I will give all blame it all on Evan Roberts and Joe Beningo because they went on a whole thing on the Yankee bobbleheads and how they're they giving have pretty away good bobbleheads. They're giving sure. away a Garrett and Joe Beningo was going nuts over the fact that they're giving away a Garrett Cole yeah, top gun this. bobblehead because he's like, can they can the kid throw a pitch for them one before they give him a bobblehead? And they're also honoring the uh, the 2000 team this year, so I mean, a bunch of giveaways for that. Joe's just the curmudgeon at that point. Well, Joe also didn't know that there's a new Top Gun movie coming out, so that's part of the reasoning. Why. Yeah, but like, yeah, oh for sure, for sure. Thinking that. The biggest free agent in a team's off season isn't going to get some kind of emotional day, no matter what team it is, no matter what sport. It's it's just it's just it's just, it's just, just him. It's just him. He's consistent because he would be saying the same thing if the Mets did the same. Right. Thing, so right, which they probably I don't know did. I of course, they've they've definitely. I'm, I think Todd Frazier <laughs> got a bobblehead. <laughs> Todd Frazier also got a batting practice jersey. I'm, did that ever? Do we ever know if they gave no. those away yet? I think they did. They shipped them eventually. <laughs> what uh, a nightmare! Oh, it's like the Islander giveaway a couple months ago. They did the uh, army hats, and they said ten thousand will be available in the arena. And then I get in the arena, and the guy goes, "Yeah, we only got a thousand of them in, so only certain people are getting them. But don't worry." If you walk in one of the other gates, you're getting vouchers. Okay. I mean, one of the best Islander giveaways ever was they gave you a voucher to go to the store and get a Dugway bobblehead, and it was like a bobblehead you would get in a cereal box. It was like the smallest thing. I still have mine. They gave one for Rick DiPietro also. I mean, that was just... That was classic Islanders when they just didn't do giveaways ever for like three years. They just didn't give things away. Oh, the best was Danny and I growing up. They gave out the bobbleheads that they gave out then. Yeah. The old school guys for people over the age of like 14 and the new guys for under. Uh-huh. And I yeah. was 13, but I was tall enough to pass for 14. <laughs> so my dad would bring my birth certificate to the games that were for the younger guys and vouch for me. But I would always get them because, you know, it was me, dad, and 30 other people that were at the game. So they had to give them Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My favorite is my dad, because of Keyspan being a big sponsor for the Islanders back then, we had to give out, we did uh, the giveaway. Remember, they would do giveaways. This is way before Vin would ever go to games, since he's a little baby. Um, they would do giveaways after. You would have to give them vouchers. And then we would have to, we missed like the third period, freezing our asses off, yep, I remember giving that. out hockey sticks in the middle of winter, just chilling outside. Those were the and best, we would have, like, because... They would give you the vouchers, but if you walked the line correctly, you got one from every single person giving them out because yeah. none of you wanted to stand out there. Yeah, yeah, that, that's like um, that, those are like the book people, Steve, at Giant Games in the morning. 
when you get first get there and they just give you literally 80 books so they they can be done when you first get there for giant games those crack me up all the time well they give you those are the people that don't have season tickets well like so they I, don't have I parking always, passes yeah i always thought it was better when they would just give out giveaways like they did the barclays a couple times where they would just give them out as you left like as you you just go get it when you walk out the door well that was a mistake they did the yarrow Hallock mask thing <laughs> yeah eight and people actually went to that game right but like what what was wrong about giving out at the end i, I think that was fine i'm excited for this week hawaiian t-shirt there's a one okay i gave up on the islander giveaway Anyway, yeah, let's let's, move on from the somber topic. So, before we start, rest in peace, Kobe, his daughter, and all those that have perished in yesterday's helicopter crash. Um, Yeah, our hearts go out to their families. Uh, So, next topic. Do we go Derek Jeter or do we go with Eli Manning? Okay, well, let's go Jeter because you guys will probably talk on Eli a little longer. Very fair. Um. It was a not di- much to say. About no, there. No. So the que- the biggest question is this: Did he deserve a hundred percent? No, I hundred percent agree. Uh, yeah, but oh. but okay. if you're ready, but if he he's already at that one vote, like I think after Mariano getting anonymous, I think it doesn't matter anymore. Kind Here, of thing. Here's my thing. Here's my theory. Derek Jeter is one of the greatest of all time. Not correct. Not correct. of his position and greatest of all time. Rivera is greatest closer of all time, and one of the greatest of all time. Of course, you know that's yeah, why I, you got to give Mo the hundred percent. And the difference was is that everybody voted this year. Last year, that one guy was public about not wanting to vote for Rivera, knowing that he wouldn't vote, so he didn't even vote at all. Like you're not obligated to vote. This year, everybody who had a ballot, there were people that didn't actually vote for him. Yeah, okay. it's just it's just crazy that it was one person that didn't vote for him. Like, if it wasn't, if it was like three or four people, then it would have been like okay, like that one person didn't vote for him. I know it's the same thing with Griffey. Right, I was going to say nobody and, cared no, about but, Griffey. But, but it's just it's just. It's just one of those things of like crap. One guy didn't vote for him. It it is one of this. Like I'm sure in a couple years, if like Ichiro or when Trout retires and it's something close with that as well, it'd be like all right. But like I get what you're saying with Mariano, but I I'm I'm also from the school is this voting system is sucks because. If you see the guy's a Hall of Famer and you know the guy's a Hall of Famer, I, why have to have a percentage in fact of if the guy's a Hall of Famer, the guy's a Hall of Famer? That's, that's me, the way I'm like, I, I look at it. Right. So to me, that's the biggest issue. I don't know whose idea it was to release these percentages and, and whatever, but it's the dumbest thing ever. I don't know. Well, that's been going on a long like time. This. Oh, you know, for, I know. oh, for years. Oh, yeah. We, every, yeah. Every other sport. Football, it's a it's a committee, I know, whatever. But there's no percentages. Hockey, uh, same thing. I think there's a committee in basketball. I think the rest of them all have committees, as far as I know. I don't know um, for sure. 
but I'm pretty sure I know football has a committee. I'm pretty sure the other two sports do too. So it's a lot different. You have to like guys have to. I know football like guys have to like make their pitch basically for people to get in. Whatever. I, whoever decided in the first place, the voting system I'm fine with. It's whatever. But whoever decided in the first place to say let's release these percentages, it's all your fault. Basically, you had one job. It's all your fault because this is. It makes no sense. And going back to like Tom Seaver, right, had the record until Griffey. Yeah. And it, the record was like 98 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And no offense to Tom Seaver, he's not the undisputed best pitcher of all time. He's wonderful. He's fantastic. He was the franchise. But like, there are plenty of pitchers that could, that you could argue were, were just as good or better than him. The fact, like, once Willie Mays doesn't get in unanimous, I don't care about anybody else getting in unanimous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, and it's just one of those just like and like for I'm I'm happy Larry Walker got in the Hall of Fame. And yeah. but the fact of how much he jumped up because it was his final year on the ballot, like that's what drives me nuts. Like next year is gonna be very interesting to see a bunch of those guys final years on ballots, like showing this year. He's basically a lock to make it next year, unless some crazy story comes out that some absurd story comes out, and then the people don't want to vote for him. But, but it's just one of those crazy, just crazy things. It's just like the system is very flawed. And right. what what I get very upset about is how hypocritical the system is from the aspect of the steroid users. In terms of, yeah, they hopped on these guys' backs, took them to the bank on how much money they've got, and saving the sport because of these guys, and that now they won't recognize it because of uh, they're they're all high and mighty now. So that's yeah. just uh, it's just very hypocritical to me. It is, and but like we said before, I mean about Mariano. We've now made the unanimous. Like to me, once like I agreed that with I think what you said before, Dan, that like once we broke that barrier of being dumb with this, we were gonna see it a lot more. Jeter, Ichiro was the first thing that came to my mind. You know, probably Trout. You know, all, all these guys. But now that it hasn't, I guess Jeter isn't unanimous. It's we've made the bar. You had to have been the unquestioned best at what you did, and I don't ever gonna you're never gonna get a mariano there's always gonna be an oh. argument even oh, griffey there was an argument ichiro to me is ichiro was the greatest pure hitter making contact that i've ever seen in my life and it, he's not gonna maybe he'll get it you know and maybe the sad thing take... is and the sad thing with ichiro is they won't even consider the J- japan i i right. japan stuff they won't consider him. Well, well that, the there's your argument right there his cultural impact there's going to be the argument right there the Japanese part of Itro. Because like, that's the same thing. When he broke the, the hit record, everyone's like, well, most of those are Japan. Why should we count that as a hit record if most of those are Japan? Right? I know. So that's going like, to be I'm the like, argument when it comes to the Hall of Fame. Why is he being voted in based on his Japan numbers? Why isn't he okay, being voted he has, in because of his Japan numbers? He has 3,000 American hits and has the most hits ever in the season. Like, he yeah. is a Hall of Famer. Exactly. But he also has... Would, if he plays... Here from twenty one on, I guarantee. I almost guarantee. Pete Rose's record would. Yeah, it'd be gone. I, I so agree like, with that. 
there's no to me that one another unanimous kind of thing and like i was just looking at the ballot for next year like dan you mentioned guys coming to the end there is no like the highest again according to baseball reference the highest like war quote unquote which is obviously what we're looking at now of the first timers next year is Mark Burley. So there's no huh. big first timer next there's year. No, yeah, there's no first so There's no first timers in the next couple of years for sure. We might see Schilling. We might even see Bonds or Clemens. Todd Helton probably. Well, well I said this jump. to you, Vin, the other day. You got A Rod and, and Ortiz on 2022's ballot. So why not do I, a, which is going to be McGuire and, and Bonds and all their basically last year's? Why not do a Hall of Fame day? Hall of Fame steroid day. Just in case, though. A-Rod, if A-Rod gets in, I think he... See, that might be... We all know the baseball writers are, are assholes. See, but if A-Rod gets in before Bonds and other guys like uh, Bonds or Clemens, that, then that's, that's bad. That's what I'm saying. Either A-Rod breaks the dam... Or A Rod gets in, and then those guys don't have time to get in. Because unlike unlike A Rod, Bonds and Clemens never technically got caught cheating. Ah, yeah, technically. Tech right. Technically, I mean, a Mitchell report, whatever, but they never got suspended. Which that means he's not going to get in then. But does Poppy get in? I think. See that that's the craziest thing about it. Like. People forget Poppy's on that list. Yeah, he got, he was on the – they really just need to put a steroid era asterisk on their plaque and just put him in. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm with you, man. Especially with the more and more of this generation coming in, it's just – it has to be done. But we'll see what happens. Um, anything else in the Baseball Hall of Fame before we move on? No, um, before we move on to the different sport, I it sounded like the Mets uh, fan fest was a success. Definitely, might want to go next year. It looked like a lot of fun, although there was a funny. Um, did we talk about this with Dan already, Steve? Oh, the power great thing. the power the picture. Rail? So there was a, there was a picture of a like a fan fest autograph table, which they do this a lot, and I know, but it was Stephen Matz. Robbie Cano, Ed Cranepool, and then they put Daniels and Moore. Oh yeah, the the seven yeah seven line. Darren posted that. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was just like, I mean, you've been there. We've all been there. Where like you go to autograph signings for with them, and yeah. I just if I feel bad for Daniels and Moore, well, but it looked like I mean they had a good time. Looked like you know all the guys. It seemed cool being able. Yeah, it was yeah number two, and it seemed yeah. like cool. You're actually meeting like legit guys. Yeah. And, and the that table then reminded me of when we went for um Wheeler. Oh. Juan Lagares with with at the time we didn't know Jacob DeGrom was gonna become Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, Jacob DeGrom and was Dylan a G. throw in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Zach Wheeler was the main focal point of that night. Right. And Lagares Magic, was a makeup. They made up Lagares that night because he was hurt, so they had to make him up yeah. one night. Yeah. Yeah. But looking back on it. Thank God you and me went back and got DeGrom's autographs like a year later, but I'm sure a lot cheaper <laughs> that night would have been. Right. <laughs> Looking back on it, but yeah, that was a fun that was a fun signing. It was like Dylan, like yeah, I'm not paying for a Dylan G autograph. Uh, Dylan, 
<laughs> Dylan, do you mind taking a picture? Sure, no problem. We talked to them for like ten minutes. Because we got, because we had, because the table was Lagares first, who we both had, so we got yeah. him to sign something, and then you had Dylan G, and then it was Jacob, which people got because he was start, he was already a starter, so he it was like a month, maybe a month and a half in already, where he had the signs of he's gonna be good. Yeah, but we didn't want to. We didn't. Re- they didn't announce him to like the day before, so we didn't pay for it. And then Wheeler, so which everybody was going for, so we had to wait there for for with Dylan G and Jacob Degrom, just to wait to get to Wheeler. Yeah, and they were like, they weren't gonna get to let us take a picture. I'm like, come on, guys, it's just a photo. So yeah, it looked it was- like everybody was having a good time. The guys went out. I mean, I don't know. Instagram, they all like JD and Nimmo and Dom. They wanted dinner afterwards. See, and that's that what's getting party. me excited about this team. It's right. like they're, they're a the very close knit team. Yep. And like, um, just hopefully everything goes right, which is never the case. But I know. <laughs> um, we I think they made the right choice with the manager. Yeah, it seems it seems like it that seems was like a home run with the. It was the, the right team. choice before Beltran was signed. It might have been. It might have been. Maybe for once the Mets luck out. You know what? I think the Beltran one was the PR move because you didn't you didn't get Girardi. That's the way I see Beltran. Beltran was the PR move because you didn't get Girardi. This guy was was on the, the in the majors last year with the team, right? Or was he in AAA last yeah, year? Yeah, he was. Uh, no, no, he was the coordinator. He was one of the coordinators. Okay. Quality control coach, they called him. I don't know what exactly that does on the major league staff, but he was part of the major league staff. Right. So basically, then they were going to just keep him on the staff. Yeah, in the same spot. Right. So. Yeah. And he's been around for 16 years in the organization, so he knows every young player inside about. And, that's and where did, did he manage Binghamton? Is that where he managed? Uh, he managed everywhere. I think. Yes. Oh, yeah. He definitely managed in Binghamton because Pete was saying he managed in there. So I think that's where he managed most of them. But it's like I was thinking about this: how much different is the the in-game management of a baseball game throughout levels? It's not. I don't think it changes like as much as it does in other sports. Gotcha. Yeah. I yeah, feel I like it's a that. closer match to like like college football is, a, is. I think is a significant difference in, than like the NFL, but like. I don't feel like minor league baseball is that much different. No, just the just the talent. Yeah, which obviously is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. We will see. You want to move on to Eli? Yeah, let's let's uh, let's let's move on to Eli. Uh, well, what was an- it? The answer to the trivia question is. Joe Namath is the only Hall of Fame quarterback with a losing record in Super Bowl. Right. Jim Pluckett is the only losing record quarterback also in the Hall of Fame without a Super Bowl ring. Or Jim, with Pluckett's, Jim Pluckett doesn't have a, is not in the Hall of Fame yet. Right, that that's was, what I meant. No. He's not in. But he, he, has only, a, he, but he has two Super Bowl MVPs and two Super Bowl. Since, Just like Eli. Since the merger... So basically, so I did this. If you only include games that happened since the merger, there are no below 500 starting quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame. Now that Eli was was 500, he would have been the only one. Because the, the name if after the merger is technically an above 500 quarterback, 
Obviously, overall, he's not. But if you only count the games after the merger, he is. And he also has more interceptions than touchdowns. Right, of course. Now, But he does have Super Bowl three, and that's where I have that debate of Eli has Super Bowl forty two and 46. But that's here or there. Um, I don't want to get into this debate because we can get into this debate the next five five years, years. ten years for this debate. Um, I just want to thank Eli from the bottom of my heart. Um, it's been 16 wonderful years of him being old shucks and not caring of what any other person thought about him negatively or positively. He was going to go do his job. And every Sunday, didn't matter if we were 4-12 and 12 or 12-4, and 4, we knew we were going to have Eli matter what and um friday was a difficult day for a guy like me and other giant fans around um i definitely got choked up a few times while listening to it um before i let steve talk um mr mara actually made me cry the most um it's sad to think about it but Mr. Wellington Mara's final game at Giant Stadium attending was Eli's first win, and that was me and my dad's first game together. So in a parallel universe, it was very different. And then me taking my dad to Eli's last game, last game slash win, it was just a wow, like like craziness. And then also that first game, Eli's first win, was the first time me and Steve actually chilled at a giant game and and I snuck down to his seats and we hung out for that whole game and just just a, that that definitely choked me up a bit. And then um how Eli ended it that he's the only giant with that really got me as well. But it's it's not just the wins and losses with Eli and the Super Bowls and the playoff events and everything with Eli. He touched me in a way of friends and family of every Sunday, didn't matter, we're going to sit down and watch the Giants. And um, I, I thank him for that. And I'm tearing up as we speak right now, but uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss 10. I'm, I'm really going to miss him. You know, it was interesting to hear on Joe and Evan the, that because they said no one will ever wear 10 again as a giant. And it got, and it, they mentioned how there's like a long list of numbers that are actually retired by the New York Giants. And no, never realized that before. Yeah. Um, um, and they said after, Strahan's going to be after him. Well, right. so they don't, they don't have guys, it's not like a retired number when you go in the. Whatever ring of honor, or whatever. Um, no, no, because no, 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 it's so different. We would be like the, we'll be like the Yankees, and we won't okay. have it. And think about that. this: how many Packers are in the ring of honor? The, the Packers, I mean, yeah, they don't really, they don't, they don't have a ring of honor. They only just go into the Hall of Fame. But I know what you're saying. Yeah, they, their retired numbers are like they have like six at this point. The last, the the last official one is Phil Simms. Okay. Which I'm still mad because I was supposed to go. So it, it was that, a Monday like, night game. <laughs> It's just saying semantics, but is that is but, that two different ceremonies? 
See, no. that's that's no. the that's the question that everyone. You're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're gonna do it in no, one night. You have an Eli night, right? You're gonna have it's an gonna Eli, be Eli night. night. Yeah. Because yeah, if okay. you realize, I don't even think that they do one last year. I don't even no. think they did a Ring of Honor last year. Oh, the last one was Snee and Tuck. Which I think Vin was at. That was the Bengal Monday Night game, right? I, uh, I remember. I was it. I remember being at one of them. With season the Bengal Monday night game was was somebody Coughlin night. Coughlin might have been right Coughlin because yeah, the somebody. teams were running back on the field and he said they had to wait. Yes, right. <laughs> I, Tuck, Tuck was there because I, I remember yeah. Tuck being there, but it was somebody's night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, like with the Giants Ring of Honor, the last official one was Phil Simms or well, Phil retire Sims. number. You said yeah, you meant Phil. You meant you meant oh, retire number. Yeah, 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 yeah. Last retire number. Technically. No one has wore Strahan's number ninety-two, and that's the only other one that's no one since then. Um, but they'll eventually get Strahan's. I guess that's what Maris said. Obviously, today is all about Eli, but we're gonna take care of Strahan as well, which makes the most sense since no one has worn it since oh eight oh seven oh eight. So, yeah, um, Steven, since you basically saw every single Eli s- snap at home. His whole career and everything else, uh, you could take it away after my what I just said. So I'm sure I have similar st- settlements, but go for it. Um, it's just it's just crazy to think that like you knew it was coming. Like you know, in sport, yeah. you you always as a fan, you know when some change has to be made at positions. You know. Whether it's how many times the Mets can throw Johan Santana on the mound before his arm officially falls off and he just gives it a career. Or, you know, David with his back, you know. You know eventually a change has to come, especially when it comes to the way it is, right? And, you know, when it came to Eli, you just never saw it officially coming. Until the past couple of years where they never really did anything to help him, in a way, if you think about it. Um, I think it was Coughlin's last year, they drafted Eric Flowers, you know. Will Beattie, I think, has a Super Bowl ring, but what was that when you look back on it, right? Will Beattie was on one of the teams, right? Yep, he was on the second one. Right, and you're like thinking about it and you're just like, all right. Because, like, I'll never forget, and I, I started an article, an Eli article, um, and it starts off simply, I remember his draft day. I remember it being a beautiful day out, and and I was in high school. We were still in high school when they drafted him. And I'll never forget, we drafted Phillip Rivers, and I went out. I remember I went, I took, I think, either my skates or my bike, and I just went out for a little while. And I came home to mom saying, hey, call dad. So I called him, and he's just like, what do we know about Eli Manning that we traded for him? I go, what are you talking about? Apparently, we're trading Philip Rivers for Eli Manning. And little did we know, we ended up actually getting OC out of it as well. If you no, we already, we already had OC. They, we didn't want to trade OC. Oh, right, 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 right. We didn't want to trade OC. Okay. They got Sean Merriman out of it, though. Correct. They got Sean Merriman just, out of it. Just a fun fact. Yeah, they ended up getting Sean Merriman. After, after you finish your story, I have a funny 
my draft day story. Of so, life. so of course, all I'm thinking about, and this is the time when you know the internet's still fairly new. Not really. You, mm-hmm. There's no real social media. I think MySpace was really the social media. At Probably the time. MySpace. MySpace. Yeah. Um, we spent our days on AIM. Right. Basically, I had to change my AIM status after I got off the phone with my dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, my away message. Change the coloring of everything, the background color. Right. Change it from a Blink 182 lyric to Eli Manning. <laughs> um, but, like, you at that time, even, like, watching college, I wasn't really in debt into college football at that time. So, like, watching, and, again, Ole Miss, how often do you watch Ole Miss? Right? And even in 2004, nope. Danny, when did NFL Network launch? Like, about 10 years ago now? Yeah, just about a couple years. It was actually that year. It was like that year. So we really didn't get to see the NFL Combine yet. It's not like, you know, I can sit there on NFL Network and look at all these guys, NFL.com and watch the Combine and see all these guys' numbers like I did working at the lighting store, you know? All I knew knew was he was Peyton Manning's brother. He was Peyton Manning's brother and he didn't want to go to San Diego. Yep. That's all I knew. So right away, right away, you saw red flags, but it turned into nothing but positives. Yeah. Nothing but positives, right? And there's nothing you could do but look back and smile at Eli Manning's career. No matter what anybody wants to say, guess what? He led the league in interceptions, what, three, four times? He broke a bunch of interception records? I don't care. That he he was to us. What Phil Sims was in the late '80s, '90s, to a lot of, to a, basically our families. Right. And, the, and the funny thing about my my Eli Manning draft story was it was the day of my my brother's confirmations. So we rushed out of church. We had to do the obligated family photos and everything like that. Got in just in time for Eli to get traded to the Chargers. Well, it was drafted by the Chargers, and then all hell broke loose and we got Eli and everybody was just like, all right, let's, let's see what happens. And then we went on with their day. And then it was, it was just a crazy day that was on my brother's confirmation days. So it was pretty crazy. Um, so even, you know, the story, how confirmation days go. Uh, so it's not as extreme as bar mitzvahs, but it's basically the same. So pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, it was one of those like, holy crap, we got to get home, Dad. Come I, on. I, I, I got to see Eli. Get, we got to see the Giants drafting there at four. Let's go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. So, yeah, that. I will, I will say this about the Hall of Fame stuff with him. It won't surprise me if he's not a first ballot. Yeah, I, was, I, I, mean, it I agree. It will not with you. surprise me if he's not a first ballot because I said this to our good friend Joey Love the other day. We were talking, and I said to this: a good NFL player, arguably top three greatest Giant players. Yeah, he's definitely in the top five. Top, I, I, I personally would say three. Yeah, for us, for us, it's three. But I could, I could really? definitely. You put him number three. I think top five. I, I, I think top five. You can have an obviously, obviously, LT is number one, and mm-hmm. then, then you, you, you work your way down. 
I think there's you a lot of it. arguments at two. Strahan, Frank Clifford, you know, there's a lot of names. Got to realize. So do you put him above Phil? Yes. Um. Yeah, I, I do, and yes. and that's strictly because I I obviously we never saw Phil play, but from everything our my side of the family talks about, I don't know about Steve's family, but I'm sure they agree. I know I know his uncle Steve will agree because we've had this conversation. If Phil Ooh. Sims wasn't hurt for the second Super Bowl, um, it would have been he would have been a lock for a Hall of Fame as well. I love Steve, but he Steve's dad was trade. a Cowboy fan. So yes, and Steve, fan. and and the funny I bring up Steve is the day that he did want to trade Eli. <laughs> the guy, the guy, but the yes. guy wanted to trade Eli after every time he threw the ball. Yes, 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 and I and I and I and I'm smiling as I say it because we've we've gone we've busted his balls ever since then. Every time we saw him, with that, he's so. still he's still trying to trade Eli. He can't trade Eli, <laughs> but he's still trying to trade. So, him. I I've always been. Uh, I mean, you guys know my opinions on Eli. I haven't made uh, and they're and they're rightfully so because. Right. You know, if if he beat the San Diego Chargers and the Denver Broncos in that Super Bowl, I don't know if we talk about him the same way. But he beat the greatest football team we've seen in our lives. They and, they did. Think, they did for I, the hundredth anniversary. They did the top ten greatest teams in a hundred years. Only one team did not win a Super Bowl in the top ten. Yeah, the, the two thousand seven Patriots. And so, I. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna say one thing. It's crazy to me, but Eli's two of Eli's best games ever. Neither of them were the Super Bowl. It was both of them were the NFC Championship games. I can I could firmly say that with a straight face, and people shouldn't give me an argument. Like, of course, the Super Bowl or the Super Bowl, but between right. the Packer game being negative 20 with wind chill and then the san francisco 49er game where he got fucking destroyed every minute the niners had a chance of destroying him and they still found a way to pull out both of those wins right and 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 and, and i think that's where i think that's where i would cement Eli being a Hall of Famer because you look at those two games the elements and everything against them and I think the two Super Bowls were just gravy after after the fact of okay this is why Eli is Eli those two games and then the Super Bowls were just gravy after that that's my honest opinion and the Superman streak until Geno Smith Happened well. Yeah, that was dumb. I'm not blaming Geno Smith. And uh, no, 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 I'm just saying that scenario. That's a No, I'm no, I'm just saying the Geno Smith start was a McAdoo brain fart. But but that's what I'm saying. Like that that's Eli. Like when they show those clips of every quarterback that played in our division, and all we had was Daniel Jones and Eli and of course we have that one start with Gino and you see the Redskins and you see the Cowboys and you see the the Eagles on um, they've all have at least five or six guys that have multiple starts in that that whole time period and that's dependability that's reliability that's just I know that's basically the same words I'm just using synonyms but that's why 
Eli means so much to Giant fans. And we don't care what any other team fans say. Eli, to us, Eli's a Hall of Famer. End of story. So it is what it is. You're not going to change my mind. It's it's just going to happen. It's, I don't, I don't care. Like I tweeted the other day and you responded sarcastically. I agree on that. And but 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 you knew I know you know I know you what you think and me and it you bust each other's balls over it. So. Right, right. But like that game, he got Bounty Gate beat up that day. That was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and I know it wasn't a. He didn't blow the roof. You know, he didn't blow the doors off the building. He didn't. You know, it was that, a seventeen seventeen game. That one the, touchdown to Mario. Right. That one touchdown to Mario Manningham was thing of beauty well that to me the we talk about the uh, and i guess the, the super bowls and the championship games the moment at least to me because I, my criticism is lucky the tyree catch if rodney harrison ends it underneath the, david tyree the ball hits the ground it's incomplete but like that manningham throw in the super bowl was a perfect Oh, I wasn't even talking about that one, but I, I agree, obviously. That's Eli's best right. throw. That's um, the best throw I've seen. Him I was make. talking about along the, the sideline. No, I know, but I the one in the Super Bowl, as you said it, it made me think of it. The one in the Super yeah. Bowl is his quintessential moment. And then they drive down there, and Bradshaw falls down really weird. And then, whatever. But, yeah, that to me, that's... The, when I think of Eli, it's the 2011 championship game and that throw to Manningham. So, basically, 2011. Because they were a good team in 2011 and would have been even better in 2012. We know what happened after that. We don't have to no, talk about well, no, it. You know, 7-08. Yeah. That was a 7-08. The 0-8 team was better than the 0-7 team. That's yes. what I meant to say. Correct. Yeah. And then in 11, and and this is where it, this is BS for people. If it wasn't for Eli in 11, we wouldn't have made the playoffs. Uh, the Just the fourth quarter comebacks alone that whole entire season. And throughout this playoffs, if it wasn't for Eli, our defense was not the greatest until everything started to gel and click. We had the worst rushing rushing team until the playoffs, and everything started to gel. Eli was the glue of that team and reasons why we found a way to win that division that year. Because we had mostly every game that year was a fourth quarter comeback because of Eli. I know the, the defensive lines were very good, especially once they got that, you know, the quote-unquote NASCAR packages going. <laughs> but in 2007, they were the 17th-ranked defense in the league. Mm-hmm. And in 2011, I think it was worse. I'm looking at it now. I, yes. I'm pretty clear. I looked at it before. 25th. So, like, yeah. the fact, this narrative that he was carried by these defenses, while they played very well in the playoffs, is kind of BS. Then that's my point. Yeah, it's really, I mean, sure. They had the first team Thank you, had Justin Tuck and an aging Strahan who really wasn't himself. And, no, no, and, and the second and team. Don't forget OC. Just don't forget OC. It was oh, really OC Tuck was. Well, that's the was thing. It was, it was OC, OC was on Strahan. Yeah. Right. yeah. OC was consistent. So they had him. But then it was an aging Strahan with Tuck and then an aging Tuck with JPP. Yeah. Well, like. So, like, yeah. it, it was really just two pass rushers the whole time and then a veteran guy. Well, And Corey Webster. Go fuck yourself, Corey Webster. Corey! And then, uh, nah. Chase Blackburn off the couch. 
Chase, and Chase Blackburn. Blackburn. Yeah, guy. <laughs> I wonder if he's still coaching the Panthers. He's um, not. Uh, he's not. Oh, we need a special teams assistant assistant. Um. Anyway, so yeah, we could no, also that... bring in Rich Seibert to coach assistant assistant the offensive lineman. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> With that being said, boys, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of social media. SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SNDblog.com. Make sure you hug your loved ones. Live life to its fullest. You never know when it's going to be the last day. Everybody on that plane, all their family, families, our thoughts, prayers, and condolences. But the Black Mamba has a killer instinct that's unmatched. Kobe's the closest thing this league has ever seen to Michael Jordan. One of the greatest work ethics we've seen. The continual quest to be great. That's the Mamba mentality. The land.